Ecclesiastes 3, 1-8 For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Oscar Grant, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Philando Castile, Eric Garner, Sandra Bland, Ahmad Arbery, Brianna Taylor, Sean Reed, Botham Jean. What is happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Maya Moments. Today's episode is heavy on my heart because this is a subject that gets very emotional, um, very controversial in the church for odd reasons in my opinion, um, but not reasons that don't make sense. It's kind of like disappointed but not surprised kind of situation. But today we're talking about um, just Black Lives Matter, police brutality, um, what the movement is about, and specifically why is Black Lives Matter, just the phrase in general, so controversial within the evangelical conservative church, um, but even church at large, uh, no matter how liberal you may think some churches are, saying that phrase has a connotation associated with it that, for whatever reason, many people feel is anti-Christian, and some would reason maybe it's because of the liberal politics that are associated with the official BLM, um, stances however i think it just draws back to the overarching um effects that church politics play into race every day especially the american church um and so we're gonna just talk about that today if you are a new listener thank you so much for taking the time to listen to a new episode i would ask you to please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and to my returning um, my moment listeners thank you so much for continuing to support me and this platform i thank you so much as i always say please share with another friend um, who may be interested in something like this please make sure you're following our facebook and our instagram at maya m-a-i-a moments with an s and make sure to leave a review on your perspective um, platforms it just helps us get other people who are like-minded to join our community so without further ado we're going to get straight into this episode because there's a lot to be said and there's no need for a long introduction on january 1st 2009 oscar grant iii a 22 year old african-american man was fatally shot and killed after being detained and handcuffed by a oakland police department officer 
it was controversial, of course, because of the racial tensions that are seen when it comes to police officers, especially in the Oakland Police Department and their relationship to um, African-Americans, people of color, especially African-American men. It was a controversial case, to say the least. Um, Oscar was on the ground with his stomach on the ground and his hands handcuffed behind him and was still shot in the back. The officer, uh, his argument was that he thought that his taser was his gun. He mistaken his taser for his gun, so he did not mean to shoot um, Oscar. He meant to tase him. However, neither seemed justifiable. However, in the court of law, the officer was acquitted. And personally for me, this was a pivotal moment in my life because at this time I lived in the Bay Area um, in Hayward, California, which is a neighboring city to Oakland, California. Um, Plus, Oakland has a home place for me as it's the place that I was born and the place that both of my parents were born and raised for their lives until they got married and had me. And so it was a triggering case at the time. I, When he was killed, I was 10, but I watched the case play out um, from the time that I was uh, 11 on. And this is for me when I, you know, I didn't necessarily have the phrase Black Lives Matter, but um, social justice and the criminal system and just though those things started to become very, very important to me personally. It's something my father um, was an advocate and a community leader and someone as a pastor. He used um, the... uh, platform that he had to always talk about these things so it wasn't something that I just came to my parents are very very um influential in every community they've been a part of so it wasn't a foreign concept but this specific incident in 2009 and the tragic murder of Oscar Grant is when I saw for myself some things that have happened however and 2012 on February 26th Trayvon Martin a 17 year old African-American teenager was shot and killed in Florida by a man in the neighborhood who I will not name because I'm sure everyone listening is at least familiar with the case and if you're not you can just literally search Trayvon Martin to learn more about it After Trayvon Martin's murder, the Black Lives Matter movement sparked. And without a question of a doubt, as someone who already had parents who were into social justice and black inequality, upliftment of the black community, initiatives in the community trying to uplift and educate black people of course this is not a foreign concept this is something that I had been saying not specifically these words maybe but this is ideology I was already aligned with so 
getting behind Black Lives Matter was a no-brainer. <laughs> Absolutely a no-brainer. However, um, growing as I got older and I started, I moved away from the Bay Area um, in 2012. And so during this time, I was around other people in the suburbs who said they were Christian as myself, but they did not hold the same beliefs. And it was triggering for me because it felt as if they had never even tried to put their their feet in someone else's shoes and have empathy for the situation. It was just judgment. Um, and that's the same kind of way I've felt at my time at my college as well. Um, the flippant remarks that are made the total gaslighting of black people and their experiences um, and just the outright lies that I've heard have always burned my heart and have made this statement even more true to me today than ever before and that's now as a 21 year old adult um, and young woman my perspective of Black Lives Matter is different now than it was when I started to recognize this in 2009 as a 10 year old um, but years later I still feel the same so that's just my introduction into like what the term means why it was created and let's just now get into like why is it controversial for the church i honestly can't tell you why people think the way that they do however in trying to understand people that i've disagreed with i think it comes down to the phrase all lives matter and all lives matter is a slap in the face if I'm going to be completely honest. All Lives Matter is a way of pacifying people. All Lives Matter is a way of not trying to address problems head on and truthfully, but try to group it with the unifying, like, we're all human, we all bleed red blood, you know, Let's not try to divide us. But there's nothing divisive about trying to uplift a particular group. And no, as someone who has been a part of so many initiatives with African-Americans specifically, and I'm not even talking about other experiences, but I'm African-American, my parents are African-Americans, and dealing with other African-Americans, it just has been exhausting that our community has not been able to assemble and try to create the same kind of clubs and um, unification, unifying organizations as other people. An example, I, create, I, I did not have a black student union at my high school. And it was just appalling to me because, um, mind you, my high school that I went to was only a couple years old, like maybe three, four 
at the max five years old when I got into it brand new high school so there was a lot of things that were new there but I wanted to be a part of some change there because we had a Pacific Islander club we had a Mexican club we had an Indian club we had all these other um Filipino club we had all these other clubs but there was none for like Africans African Americans black any of that so you know I'm a type of person put up or shut up I got with some like-minded people and we started the Bach um, student union at my school and I did not I was not prepared for the other people on campus who because I, I became vice president um, and so people will always come up to me of other and mind you these are other people of color they would come up to me and say you know why is there a club only for black people and I was like you know black student union isn't just about black people for that instance like you don't have to be black to join but do know that you'll be learning and this is a safe place for black people and that is the primary focus and it was like why should black people have that platform and that's always puzzled me why it's always been it's never seen from my point of view right maybe it is seen that way but from my point of view I've never looked at other clubs that were for an ethnicity or culture and put them down for having that unifying um organization specifically for them but I feel in my experiences I've had people that I'm like okay let's do that for black people and they're like why and even black people um, will say well, I, I think that's too exclusive to us. I think we should diversify and allow other people in. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to save space for yourself when that is a normal thing? It's not abnormal to have a safe place for yourself, especially as a minority and a person of color. And not even talking about person of color, but uh, as a black individual, there's nothing wrong with me not having to identify with other people of color and just say I am black and I need a safe space for that to be taboo. It's beyond me. Um, but that's how I've learned a lot of people um, who disagree with saying Black Lives Matter. They feel it is controversial because it's not inclusive of everyone and to be quite honest I don't care <laughs> I don't care um that you don't for people that feel like it's too exclusive I, I don't think anyone cares because why is it's just kind of puzzling that we even have to talk about some of these things to be completely honest like there's nothing wrong with black people to want to save space and that's that's just the plain simple end of it like I don't have to completely keep explaining myself to people of why I want this and why I need this something so unique during this pandemic time to me as well has been the protests that we've seen in relationship to how people no longer want to stay inside, adhere to the stay-at-home orders. Um, they f feel this is going on to for too long, and at some point we just need to, you know, move on, 
basically like when it when is enough enough and we're gonna move on from this and it's so funny to me how the the demonstrations that um were seen as aggressive and were criticized by the same kind of people that are protesting now but i'm not going to lump them all together and group them but by people who are conservative and were said that you know there was no reason to be hostile no reason to be acting this way or that way at these protests that for many of them were demonstrated demonstrations of peaceful protests in front of police officers to demonstrate frustration and solidarity for the people that of you know whatever the case may be or whatever the situation had been they were showing solidarity and wanted justice for those people and then you see these people protesting for toilet paper and haircuts and doing the same thing worse in my opinion of what they just chastised the black lives matter movement for doing and it's like well people have been doing it this whole time and it's like (sighs) i'm not even gonna say nothing else i'm just gonna leave that there but this is exactly another example of frustrations i have with people who have been critical of black lives matter and outright just pacifist of it but then now i want to talk about they need haircuts more than anything though i think the reason that this has been so heavy on my heart black lives matter and the black lives matter movement is just for the plain fact of um i personally feel conservatives have helped to perpetuate racism and discrimination while saying in the same breath they love me they love people that look like me and it's counterproductive to not ever recognize and address how christian conservative evangelical whatever you want to call it (laughs) um but my white brothers and sisters in the church who call me a brother and sister in christ yet don't ever try to help my community um they try to say color is not something that should matter in the church and it's exhausting the most I think having to explain to them like people that don't believe in purpose people who don't believe in God I don't expect them to understand where I'm coming from sometimes when I'm talking about like there's purpose in everything and those kind like things that like-minded Christians believe I don't expect people that don't believe what I believe to believe it right but when I'm talking to somebody that I know or they're claiming to know the same God as me and they act completely oblivious and gaslight like utterly gaslight people who look like me when we talk about the struggles that we face it's hard it's hard it's so hard and the long-suffering 
that black Christians have felt within the own their own religion <laughs> is is disheartening at times and it makes our view of even God and and how he functions within the body it makes us question it it's like God do they even know you the way that I know you like are we even serving the same Jesus Christ like because why do these people who say that they love me with their mouth but their heart is far from me obviously God like how can this be how can they not have a heart like I have a heart and so it just makes for so much tension when simple things like taking a knee in light of police brutality when that becomes something that the Christian conservative church says we stand for the national anthem and they make it a a an issue why was this even something that you want to champion as an issue why did you never address the people that were dying why are you making it something why are you looking at parents in their face while they're crying because their son or their daughter is dying and tell them that well they should have had their pants pulled up or well they should have listened to the police or they should have just obeyed or they should have never been there in the first place or they should have could have would have on and on and on again and do that to the people like why is that your first inclination why as someone you know there's a lot of other things I could have dove into for this episode like the difference between systemic racism and racism talking about the 13th amendment you know, historically, I could just went into all of that. And at one point, I probably will. Um, but not for this episode. I think I kind of just wanted to share my heart right now. Because... It's... For me, is exhausting. And I just want better. I hope for better. Some days I do. Some days I don't, actually, if I'm being honest. Some days I have hope that, you know, people will get it. And we won't have to have these discussions again. But then another part of me is like, you know, racism will never end. You know? It'll never end because it's a sin problem and we don't get victory over sin into, until, you know, the next life. So I'm going to be dealing with this and people will be dealing with this until the end of time and it might not ever get better, <laughs> but I do know one thing. I do know my eternal hope in Christ that he won the victory over all of this over 2,000 years ago. And the racism 
and the discrimination and the long suffering that people like me have endured I know that it does not go to a blind eye to God I know that he he understands and he knows and he cares I know that every tear that I've ever cried about these circumstances that God was with me and I felt his presence in those moments I know that to know Christ intimately is to know suffering (laughs) um not to say that God wants us to suffer but we Jesus suffered and he was a man who knew no sin yet he became sin so to know Christ intimately is not the absence of suffering but is to know him intimately and so that is my eternal hope that is my hope will people ever get it especially white people in church I don't know and I don't hate white people y'all I don't I know (laughs) I have some friends who you know it's very hard it's very very hard for them to reconcile the people who have done so much harm especially with Christian in the Christian church like for me I just feel like there is no tolerance for certain behavior as a Christian like it's just not if you say that you love Jesus and you want to be more like him and that is what you're doing every day there is no tolerance for certain behavior that we tolerate nowadays and so I I have nothing against other brothers and sisters in Christ who look like me who just they are hurting and they are trying to reconcile how in the world in 2020 do we have to deal with some of the comments and insensitivity and gaslighting from other brothers and sisters in Christ who are white and they just don't even they can't even mess with certain people because it makes them uncomfortable I totally get that um personally for me it has not affected me that way and it's not because it couldn't it's because I work on that I identify that that um place in my heart where hate can spread for people and I just made the decision that I just can't walk away with hate in my heart for any kind of people like I just it's I need peace in my life and peace cannot dwell in the midst of hate for anyone for any matter so that's for me where I'm at but I just pray for better. I thank God for his presence and his Holy Spirit being in the midst of, you know, everything. And I don't even know where we go from here other than pray. Prayer still works, y'all. It really does. Prayer and continue allowing the Holy Spirit to... Let us speak light and truth to what is the truth. And also um, just being a safe place for each other. You know, I've gotten some of the most healing from just being with other people who understood and allowed me the safe place to say whatever I needed to say, whether it was like Christ or not. You know, sometimes you just need to get some stuff off your chest and say what you really feel in a safe space so you can get that off your heart get that off your chest and move on 
And sometimes, a lot of times, that's just what a lot of us need. And that's another subject, but um, the black church, that's for us as African-Americans, that's what the black church was. And a lot of people, (laughs) they totally dismiss how much the black church has been such a healing place for black people, um, even with its ill intent, right? Like, black people congregated and the, the black church was created because we weren't allowed in places with people who did not look like us. We were completely not allowed to congregate other than at church. And people were like, well, why does that happen? And why is they allow Honestly speaking, if I'm being honest as a Christian, God can work anything for his glory, right? So I don't, I don't really, I'm not mad at that part because I know what their intent for it may have been for bad, but, but God, (laughs) God will make your enemies your footstools, okay? Okay? So, I don't even harp on that part, but that's a different discussion for a different day. (laughs) More than anything, as always, I just pray that this provokes some thought open your mind if you are someone that has beliefs that I've been talking about that I'm challenging and know that there's grace for you and for me the same and you could grow some empathy in this and know that God was not blind in making me and he made me who I was for a reason so yeah that's the episode for today you guys i pray in the midst of all this pandemic stuff that you know you are taking it easy being safe trying to stay healthy and for anyone who's listening i I do know people who have lost people Um, lost loved ones and friends during COVID-19 my prayers are to you my prayers are for you and please do not hesitate to reach out to me so that I can add you to my prayer list if you have been affected um, by illness death um, during this time of COVID-19 so I will talk to you guys in the next episode love